0: On a scale of one to 10, based on how well we follow the two greatest commandments, how would you rate our parish? Two greatest commandments today's gospel is to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. That's the first. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. So, how well are we doing? on those two great commandments. Certainly this is what we're here for, the whole reason why we even exist in the first place. The whole, per- the whole reason why we all make church a priority on the weekends. And certainly every church parish and probably every Christian denomination would agree that that's their primary purpose. It's the main reason why we are all here. But why is it That so many church parishes don't seem to be getting it right? Or perhaps, why is it that so many of us Christians struggle to really make this the top two? Love God with your whole heart, whole soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. I don't think that it's because people are trying to not follow these commandments. I don't think that people are intentionally trying to get it wrong. I think all of us desire that and we dream of it, but we're just trying to figure out the how. How specifically are we going to put God first and neighbor at a very close second? And every parish has their own way of bringing this about. Every parish has certain aspects that make it unique. That's the beauty of the local parish church is that we can kind of discover our gifts that we have received from the Lord and figure out how we can most effectively live out those two greatest commandments. And so that's kind of what energized me as soon as I got here at St. Leo was to begin a process of discovering what makes us unique, a process to um, articulate together how you and I are going to keep these commandments our priority. And it's been a fun process. Many of you uh, remember when it all started in May. We began with a parish survey. We got a lot of great feedback from the survey, just kind of evaluating a lot of big picture questions from our parish. From there, we uh, brought it to our pastoral council. We... Um, we also created a, a small focus group of different parishioners to kind of further unpack it. Certainly my staff and I spent a lot of time reading and praying with the survey. We got we uh, hired somebody to come and help us take the next steps forwards of, of developing um, a, a clearer vision and mission for our parish. Um, that's been a fun process. And then we... we Brought it to a few more focus groups. Uh, had a, a lot of other conversations with many of you, and six months later, we are now ready to reveal where we're at so far. And so, what I want to invite you to do, if you brought, if you picked up the bulletin on the way in, uh, on the inside of your bulletin, you have an insert. Um, if you're not embarrassed to get up and walk to the entrance of the church, you're certainly free to do that to go get a bulletin. That we have plenty of extra copies. Um, if that's not your jam, then you can wait till the end of Mass and, um, and you can get it on your way out. But um, So in your bulletin we have an insert and this is our summary of what we have together discovered as a parish. So I want to spend some time on that today. So we have a vision and a mission that might be new language for you, or maybe you've always been confused. What's the difference? What's that about? A vision is our long-term goal. This is our dream. This is where we want to go. This is the primary thing that we want to do long-term. And so put simply, what we want to be long-term is a parish on fire. So on fire that we transform the world. We're impacting people and places beyond us. But we're starting here in Upper Lafayette. That's our vision. That's where we want to go. That's that's what we want to do. And then our mission is the how. This is how we're going to make this happen. So the way that we're going to get to our vision is by our mission, which is to form missionary disciples. We want to be a place of formation, a place where all of us become someone. And the someone that we become is not just a disciple, but a missionary disciple, a disciple that shares what we have received. And we're going to form these disciples in two ways in particular. The first is by modeling intimacy with God. Divine intimacy. What does that mean? That means a living, active, dynamic relationship with Jesus Christ. It means that our faith is more than just motions, that we are intimate. We don't just know about God, we know God. And we live with God and for God all the time. That's the first way we're going to form missionary disciples. The second way is that we're going to run together toward heaven. That We are heaven-minded. We are going somewhere. We're focused on a priority. We have a place that we want to go, but we're not going alone. Our faith is not private. Our faith is not hidden. Our faith is shared. It's communal. And together, we are a family that's running. We're intentional towards heaven. That's our mission. That's how we want to get our vision, our goal, accomplished. But one thing that um, we've learned as well is that you can have all the best ideas in the world, you can have all the best programs and events, you can have the best volunteers with the highest motivation, and none of that will compare to the influence of the culture that you have in the parish. There's a great saying um, that often goes around and. The corporate world, it says, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And now, strategy is certainly important. I love strategy. That's fun for me. Um, we can definitely be intentional in our strategy, but what's most important is the culture that we develop and define. And the, if we aren't clear on the culture that we want here at St. Leo, then it's going to be, we're always going to be. Button heads. We're always going to be fighting against every decision that we make and every event that we create. So what is the culture that we want here at St. Leo? And that was part of our conversation as well. And so we, we kind of identified five values that we would like to shape our culture. This is the culture that we dream of. And in many ways, these five values are, are already happening here at St. Leo. It's something that makes us unique. It's something that we really love about our place, But at the same time, I believe that there's certainly a, a lot further that we could go with these values now more clearly defined. So these are the values that we dream to make a reality here at St. Leo. The first is that we want to be intimate with Jesus. That's back to our mission, intimacy with God. It's not just knowing about God, it's knowing God. It's, it's having an active prayer life. A spiritual life that's alive and fruitful, one that is meaningful rather than just going through the motions and checking off your list. That's our primary value, the most important value that will drive all the other values. The second, though, is really important. We want to welcome the stranger. We don't want to be a parish that is closed off and isolated. We don't want to be a parish that's entitled and judgmental. We don't want to be a parish that's rude and gives harsh eyes and looks to people that make us uncomfortable. We want to be a parish where anybody, whether they have been coming here for years or it's their very first time, they have a place that they call home. We want to be a place that we can welcome the stranger, but not just with a fake smile that doesn't mean anything. We want to go out of our way to know each other and to connect new faces to our parish family. This can be difficult. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to make sac- cause us to make sacrifices. But the payoff is so great because this spirit of hospitality is really part of who we are as Cajuns or Acadians, or Southern Louisianians, whatever you want to call us. It's really part of our Southern culture. Hospitality, we are family, no matter what age, race, or background we come from. We want to welcome the stranger. The third is that we want to renew our minds. We know that sin always starts in the mind, and it starts to impact the rest of our life. We want to renew our minds, purify our minds. How? By receiving God's love, in particular through the gospel, through sacred scripture, and also through the beauty of church teaching. In other words, we want to be a people that learns how to think for themselves, but within a Catholic worldview, in a Catholic context. We don't want to just be victim to the drama of all the world. We don't want to just go swaying in partisan politics. We want to be formed and renewed in our mind by Jesus Christ, by his beauty, truth, and goodness. Fourth, we want to be a place that multiplies disciples. We don't just want to make disciples. We want to multiply disciples. We don't want to just become disciples. We want to create more disciples. How are we going to do that, though? Primarily through authentic friendship. Primarily through true Christian community. It's through knowing each other, having a real community, and and then we can walk together. We can share our sufferings when we go through hard times. And we can celebrate our joys when we experience good times. That we actually know each other. There's a real relationship that's long-term and lasting, and it multiplies Because love outpours. Love cannot be contained. It always multiplies. It's always outward focused. We want to be a place that's not isolated and hidden, but a place that multiplies disciples. And last, but not least, is that we want to live divine mercy. I firmly believe that none of this will be possible unless we each personally encounter the mercy of God for ourselves. It's mercy that heals. It's mercy that transforms. It's mercy that sets free. It's mercy that empowers us to do everything else on this page. There's no way that we are going to be able to share any kind of mercy unless we first experience it in our own lives from God himself. And so I want to be a parish that talks about God's mercy, that that lives God's mercy, that actively knows from our own experience what it means to receive the Father's love and what it means to share it with others, even when it's difficult. Imagine a parish that would really embrace these values, a parish that would make every decision... According to these values, that would use this as a lens whenever they make new decisions and create new programs and events. Imagine a parish where everyone in the pews knew these values and personally tried to live them out. So that whenever we face challenges, all of us in a parish would would see through these values and address every circumstance. With these in mind. Imagine a parish that was intentional about all of these values. Think about the culture that we would create. Think about how powerful that would be, how inspiring it would be if we really meant it and lived it out. And so I'm excited to be a part of this mission. I'm excited to really mean what we say and to go somewhere on purpose. I'm excited that with these values, with this culture, with this vision and mission, that we perhaps might be able to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, that we would actually love our neighbor as ourself and be a witness of a parish on fire impacting places beyond us. And so now that we have this, this will not be the last time we talk about it. This will certainly be brought up in more specific ways. We'll we'll provide more concrete examples. It will always be the theme through which we do everything. We're going to, you're going to see it um, in in places, perhaps in the bulletin and on our website and uh, maybe somewhere on campus. And now the fun part begins. Now we get to start figuring out how to make that a reality. How to make this culture come true. You may remember um, about a month ago, I gave a homily on Eucharistic adoration, maybe it was two months ago, and I was very excited about it, and, um, and, and I even used similar language. I talked about intimacy with God and prayer and how important uh, it is for us to um, grow in that relationship with God, but especially how powerful it can be to do that through Eucharistic adoration through spending time with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And that was kind of when we introduced our adoration before our daily masses and before our Sunday evening mass. And, um, and each, each mass that we can, I remember just kind of slipping in. You know, I, I just dream. I would love to have an adoration chapel here on St. Leo's campus one day. And I remember how awesome it was. I, I would just see faces throughout the congregation would just light up. I would see wives turn to their husbands and kind of nudge them and get excited. It was just really cool from my perspective to see how well that dream was received. And after Mass one day, I, um, I think it was the 8.30, maybe it was the 10.30, I can't remember actually, but one of the Masses, um, I'm standing outside, you know, shaking hands as people are leaving, and one of the parishioners comes up to me, and he says, Father, How much do you think it's going to take? And I said, "Oh, I don't know. I guess it depends on how big and how big we want it, and and what we want it to look like." And he says, "Well, Father, let me know because I'm serious. I I really want to make this happen." So I said, "Okay." And so I kind of got excited. I mean, I, I. I thought, well, this is interesting. I, I, I want to see what he really means by he's serious. And so we had a few more conversations. We met on another day, and um, turned out uh, after a few more conversations, he got really excited about this project. And he decided to offer the first $20,000 to an adoration chapel on St. Leo's campus. So I'm thinking, wow, I didn't even ask for that. He just offered it. And I mean, I've only been here since February. I, I would never have dreamed to get that serious about any kind of big project, but OK. So I brought it to my team, um, my staff, and, and we decided, OK, I think the next step is maybe to get a few more parishioners, get their feedback, and, and maybe talk about some of the, the nuts and bolts. Like, what is this going to take if we were actually serious about it? Like, what, do we, what are the steps we have to follow? What do we have to? Uh, where would we even put an adoration chapel? What would it involve? What would it entail? And so, so we kind of started talking, and we start, started dreaming, we started getting a little more excited about it. And well, you know, word, I guess, kind of slightly got out a little bit. And turns out, another parishioner comes to me, and he's very nervous to, but also very excited to tell me that, you know, he had spoke to his wife, and together they would like to contribute another twenty thousand dollars. And I thought, oh my goodness, I, I don't even know how to respond right now. That is so amazing. Like twenty, so Now we have $40,000 that I didn't even ask for, and it's just coming our way. But this parishioner said, Father, we are serious. I really believe that we need this at St. Leo, and I believe that people want this. So I said, okay, well, let's get to business. And so we started kind of doing a little bit more, and then another parishioner comes to me. And he says, my wife and I spoke. She really, really is excited about this and really wants to make this happen. You know, Father, we don't have a lot of money, but we, do, we were blessed and we, we do want to, to contribute to this campaign. So we decided to give $10,000. And so now we have $50,000 that I still have not yet even asked for. And I have to be honest, I mean, like most priests, Um, Our biggest fear is to ask for money. I don't know. I I just, I don't want to be the priest that always talks about money. I don't want to constantly, and there's also great fear of rejection and judgment and et cetera, et cetera. So I don't want to be that priest. And so I'm afraid of that. But, but I just see the Lord saying, calm down. Look, the Lord has brought to us $50,000 without even asking imagine what he might be wanting to do here at St. Leo. That's a big number for a small parish. We average about five, $6,000 a week in our collection. I would have never dreamed. But I do believe that if we are serious about intimacy with God, if we are serious about the culture that we want to create, and if we are serious about being a parish that's on fire, it's going to be impossible if we don't have a space For us to pray, a place that's safe, a place that's sacred, a place that's available and accessible any time of the week, day or night. It sounds like, it seems like to me that God might want this for us. And so we are excited to begin this opportunity. I'm sure you have a million questions. Where's it gonna be? What's it gonna look like? How much is it gonna cost? And and I want you to know that we're asking the same questions, that we are excited too, that we are actively uh, talking to architects and contract laborers, and we've already talked to our parish council and our finance council. They're excited about it, that we're already doing the underground work. What you can do is start praying. Start praying that this becomes a reality. And I want you to go to our website, stleolafayette.com slash chapel. And I want you to read our story and to read our frequently asked questions. And if you feel so called to be a part of this mission, to make this dream become a reality, we're ready. We're ready today for you to donate to our efforts. But regardless, what I want us to do as a parish is to begin praying about our mission. To pray that we would learn what it really means to be a parish on fire to really learn what divine intimacy actually means in our lives and what it means to run together toward heaven. Amen.